For our text this morning, we'll take just one verse. Psalm 33, verse 1. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. The Word of God has much to say about praise and thanksgiving. It tells us who we should praise. It tells us how we should praise the Lord. It tells us what kind of things to praise the Lord for. And in this verse, it tells us who should praise the Lord. It says that praise is comely for the upright. There was a survey that was given a while back, and the person conducting the survey asked a group of evangelical Christians a question. The question is, does God accept worship from all religions or from any person? Surprisingly, this group, 56% responded by saying, yes, he does. Well, this verse says, no, he doesn't. Not necessarily. It says that praise is comely for the upright. You know, if your heart isn't right with the Lord, then your praise will be out of place. There's nothing to it. It's empty. Have you ever witnessed somebody who was ungodly trying to praise the Lord? Doesn't work very well. Years ago, I worked with a man who would cuss and swear and holler all day long. He'd yell at his guys. He was belligerent. He smoked like a chimney. But if you sat down at coffee break, the man would bow his head and thank the Lord for his food. And sometimes he'd even talk about how good God was. Well, that wasn't comely. That was very unbecoming. That kind of praise does nothing for the Lord. It actually is a reproach. So not all praise is fitting. Jesus When he was speaking to the hypocrites in Matthew chapter 16, verse 8 and 9, he says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, but in vain they do worship me. So true praise, the kind that is acceptable and pleasing to the Lord, must come from a heart that is right with the Lord. Our praise must be centered in Christ. It says those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We can't love the Lord with all our hearts if God doesn't own our hearts. And in the same way, you can't offer the Lord wholehearted praise until you've given your heart and life to the Lord. But praise is comely for the upright. That word comely means beautiful, pleasing, suitable, appropriate, and fitting. You know, praise and gratitude is a natural response for those who've been born again, whose hearts have been changed. You probably remember the day the Lord saved you. And if you don't remember the exact day, you remember the experience for sure. I'll never forget the day the Lord saved me, just 14 years of age, praying by my bedside in Vancouver, Washington. In my mind, I can picture that room exactly how it was. And I remember pleading with the Lord, begging the Lord, promising the Lord, just asking Him to somehow just take that old burden of sin off my heart. 
But you know, I remember the moment the Lord saved me, those prayers changed. It went from begging and pleading to thanking the Lord, praising the Lord. You know, that was a natural response. That's not something I had to work up. It was spontaneous. It came from a heart that had been changed. Nobody was there telling me, now it's time to praise the Lord. It was automatic. Praise for the Christian should be automatic. It's comely for the upright. Psalm 32.11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. It says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So we know praise is something that every child of God should do. When should we praise the Lord? And for how long should we praise the Lord? Psalm 34, 1 tells us this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When? At all times. What is the duration of our praise or for how long? It says continually. That means whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, on good days and bad days, in difficult times and in easy times, when we can see God's hand at work and when we can't. It says we're to praise Him and bless Him at all times. Why and how can we do this? Because we know circumstances don't change who God is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's goodness is constant. Whether we're in a difficult situation or not, His nature, His essence, His character doesn't change because of our circumstances. Psalm 145 Verse 2 and 3 says, Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Every day, not just on the good days, on the easy days, but every day we're to praise the Lord. You know, as Christians, whether you've been saved for just a short time or many years, we probably all at times wonder, what's God's perfect will for my life. What is the Lord's will for me? Well, God doesn't usually reveal every single aspect of His will for us, but there's some things we can know for sure. First Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, God's will for you is always what is best for you. May not always be the easiest, but it's the best. And we see here that it's His perfect will that we praise the Lord in everything, and everything we're to give thanks unto Him. You know, gratitude can change your whole outlook. Your whole attitude can be affected if you have a heart of gratitude. Gratitude can take a very bad day and turn it into a very good day. Gratitude can take a difficulty or a trying circumstance and turn it into a blessing. Many years ago, Matthew Henry, he was a well-known Bible scholar. He was robbed of his wallet one morning. Knowing that it was his duty to give thanks in everything, he meditated on this incident and recorded it in his diary with the following entry. Let me be thankful First, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although he took my wallet, he did not take my life. 
Third, because he took all that I possessed, it was not very much. And fourth, because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed. Pretty interesting perspective, isn't that? But he realized in everything, give thanks. And he was able to turn a difficult circumstance into a blessing. You know, I heard an old timer say one time that the seeds of discouragement can be sown almost anywhere except in a grateful heart. And that's true. Gratitude is a wonderful thing. It can give us victory. You know, praise and thanksgiving is the key to victory. It can mean the difference between victory and defeat. We see many accounts in the Bible where praise is actually a spiritual weapon in our fight against the enemy. In Acts 16, we read the account of Paul and Silas. They were thrown in prison after they had delivered a damsel from a spirit of divination. A wonderful miracle had taken place. They had been in Philippi preaching the gospel, and the Lord was really working. But it said when her handlers or those that were making a profit offer and exploiting her, when they found out that their means of making money was gone, they became angry. And they drug Paul and Silas before the magistrates, and it said the multitude rose up together against them. They were beaten with many stripes, cast into the inner prison, and their feet were placed in the stocks. What did they do? What did they do? You know, I wonder, what would I do in a situation like that? Well, here's what they did in verse 26, Acts chapter 16. I'm sorry, verse 25, it says, And at midnight they prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. That's what they did. What did God do? How did he respond to that? Very next verse, it says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately... All the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. You notice two words there. Suddenly and immediately. As soon as the praises began, victory came. They literally praised their way out of a prison. You know, it reminds me of the testimony of Brother Walter Janeway, before he was saved, he was a hardened criminal, committed crimes that he said could put himself in prison, put him in prison for the rest of his life. But it was there in that prison, somebody handed him a church paper, and he read testimonies, and it convicted him, and he prayed a prayer of repentance, and the Lord saved him right there in prison. He said that prayer changed his whole life. He says, before that, he'd gotten out of jail almost any way a man could think of. He was bailed out, paroled out, he sawed his way out, and shot his way out. He says, but that day I prayed my way out, and I stayed out. You know, you can pray your way out of a prison. Praise your way out of prison. We read another account of Jonah. Jonah found himself in a prison. It wasn't like the prison that Paul and Silas found himself in. This was a living, breathing prison. He found himself in the belly of a great fish. He described it as being in the belly of hell. He says, the bars were about me forever. He also described it as being in the bottoms of the mountains and in the midst of the seas. This was a prison of his own making. You know, he was in this situation because of his disobedience and his rebellion 
against the Lord. He was in prison for doing the wrong thing. Paul and Silas had been in prison for doing the right thing. You know, the good news is it doesn't matter what kind of a prison it is. There's a way out of the prison. You can praise your way out of a prison. What did Jonah do? Well, the first thing, of course, he had to acknowledge his sin and he repented to the Lord in chapter 2. He says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. And we see following that prayer of repentance, we see another prayer Jonah offered up. It was a prayer of thanksgiving. Verse 9, it says, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. He offered that sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Well, what happened immediately after that? You read the very next verse. It says, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry ground. It shot Jonah right out on dry ground. And you know what? He hit the ground running. It had its desired effect. But we see a pattern here. Deliverance always follows after praise and thanksgiving. We have one more account in Second Chronicles chapter 22. We read about an alliance of nations that decided to march against King Jehoshaphat and the children of Judah, or the nation of Judah. You know, Jehoshaphat, he was a godly king. He was doing everything he could to serve the Lord and honor the Lord. He was trying to lead the people in proper worship and doing all that he knew to please the Lord. And yet somewhere, seemed like out of nowhere, this big trial came up and he was surrounded by these invading armies. He didn't know what to do. He even said in chapter 22, verse 12, he says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Well, the Lord sent him some instructions through the man of God. And in verse 21, it says, speaking of Jehoshaphat, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. The plan was to sing and praise the Lord as you go out to face the enemy You don't know what to do? Do that. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. That's what Jehoshaphat and the armies of Judah did. Well, how did God respond to their praises? It tells us, And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. It says, And when they began to sing and to praise, that's when the Lord sent the victory. Do you want God's presence and spirit in the midst of your battle or your trouble? Praise the Lord. Psalm 22, verse 3, lets us know that God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, another reason we can give thanks in all things, not only is it the will of God, but 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14, gives us a beautiful promise here. It says, Now thanks be unto God which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Always, always, always. The Lord always gives us victory in every circumstance, every situation. You know, even in death, Christians can be victorious. I remember years ago, 
visiting an older saint who was in the hospital. She was in her late 80s, and she'd been battling cancer for a couple of years, in terrible pain. She was very close to the end. I think she passed away just a couple of days after I had a chance to visit her. She had a very hard, hard life. And you would have never known that by talking to her because she was always praising and thanking the Lord. I only found that out from her family. But apparently, for many years, her husband wasn't saved. And at times he was abusive and he would forbid her from even going to church at times. And sometimes he would start drinking heavily and they would find themselves with barely enough to even get by. And oftentimes he would restrict her from even going to church. But in spite of all that, this woman just praised the Lord. And again, you would never know by talking to her. And I remember asking her, she was laying there in the hospital. I said, how are you doing? And she said, I'm doing wonderful. She said, the Lord is so good to me. You know, you couldn't get her to complain. I could have offered her money and she wouldn't have complained. She found the secret, the key really to victory is in praising the Lord in every circumstance Every situation, she lived a vital, vibrant, healthy, victorious life because she learned that in everything she could praise the Lord. And you know what? She left this old world praising the Lord. God gave her victory. We can do the same in all things, give thanks unto the Lord. You know, if gratitude is the greatest thing we can show the Lord, then ingratitude is the worst thing that we can show to the Lord. I heard it said that a person with an ungrateful spirit only has one vice. That's because every other sin is a virtue compared to the sin of ingratitude. Of course, no sin is a virtue. All unrighteousness is displeasing to God. But there's something particularly bad about ingratitude. The Word of God tells us being unthankful, it's actually deadly. It's one of the perils of the last days. Romans chapter 1 catalogs a whole list of sins and abominations that mankind will fall into in the last days. And we see these things surrounding us every day, but it also tells us the reason for that condition. Romans 1 verse 21 says, When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. Because of this, their foolish hearts were darkened. God help us. We don't ever want to fall into a spirit of ingratitude. Ingratitude can lead you down a very slippery slope. Ingratitude can lead to forgetfulness. It can lead to more ingratitude. It can lead to covetousness. When we become ungrateful, we forget about what God has blessed us with. We're unthankful for what we do have. And it makes us want what other people have. That's covetousness. But that's the road that ingratitude can lead us down if we're not careful. You know, sometimes ingratitude can begin in very subtle ways. Sometimes it's simply taking for granted the little things the Lord does for us every day. I was reminded of a little story I found a a while back. This story is told about a vendor who sold bagels for 50 cents each at a street corner food stand. A jogger ran past and threw a couple of quarters into the bucket but did not take a bagel. 
He did the same thing every day for months. One day as the jogger was passing by, the vendor stopped him. The jogger asked, You probably want to know why I always put money in but never take a bagel, don't you? No, said the vendor. I just wanted to tell you that the bagels have gone up to 50, 60 cents a piece. Well, we laugh. It is kind of funny. But if we're not careful, you know, we can actually treat the Lord the same way. Not only are we not grateful for what He's given us, but sometimes we may want more. And, you know, sometimes we feel that the Lord may owe us something. God owes us nothing. Nothing. But He gives us everything. We, on the other hand, owe Him everything. But so often we don't give Him very much at all. But we want to make sure that we're grateful for the little things that the Lord gives us every day. We're reminded in Psalm 68, verse 19, it says, Bless the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Salvation alone is more than we could ever, ever deserve or ever uh, can't earn it. But God, not only does He save us, that would be enough. If that's the only thing the Lord ever did, we would have every reason in the world to thank the Lord. But He loads us daily with benefits. You know, there are a lot of people that are very unhappy with our nation and our country right now. And they're unhappy with the direction of our country. But even in spite of all that, in this nation we have so many things to thank the Lord for. I heard a man say this the other day, and it really kind of puts things in perspective. If you woke up this morning with more health than illness... You're blessed, you're more blessed than one million people who won't survive this week. If you've never experienced the danger of battle, imprisonment, torture, or the pains of starvation, you're ahead of more than 500 million people around the world. If you can attend church without fear of arrest, torture, or being killed, you're more blessed than three billion people in the world. If you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you're richer than 75% of the world. And if you can read a book, you're more blessed than over 2 billion people in the world who can't read at all. So many things to thank the Lord for. We want to be grateful. We don't want to take anything that God has given us for granted. In closing, you know, we'll consider again our scripture reading. Told us about ten men. They had some things in common. They were all lepers. They all desperately needed God's mercy. They were in a bad situation and they all came to the Lord seeking help. They came and as they saw Jesus passing by, they cried out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So Jesus told them, go show yourself to a priest. And it said as they turned to leave, they were all healed, every one of them. They had faith. They showed a certain amount of obedience. But this is where the similarities end. It says only one man turned back to the Lord to give him thanks for what he had done. It says when he saw that he was healed... He turned back and with a loud voice he glorified God and felt, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Jesus said, where are the other nine? Weren't there ten 
healed, where are the other nine? But then he said, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. That word whole means saved. Not only was this man healed physically, he found the Lord, he was saved spiritually, he was made whole, and it was his faith. Why was his faith different than the other nine? They were all healed, but his faith was mixed with gratitude. And that caused him to go back to Jesus and bow before the Lord. You know, a lot of people want to tip their hat to Jesus. We need to bow our knee to the Lord. That's what this man did out of gratitude and thankfulness for what he had done. And he experienced something far greater than just a physical healing because he was thankful. He was grateful. You know, these other nine men, they experienced God's goodness. This man experienced God's grace that day because he was thankful. Gratitude is a choice. Somebody once said, you can be grumbly hateful or humbly grateful. The choice is yours. Well, gratitude is a choice. That's not just something that we say or we feel. Gratitude is something we show in our actions. That's why the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Gratitude is the key to unlocking God's grace. Again, it was that gratitude to Jesus for who he was and what he had done that allowed this man to be saved. We have a choice this morning. We can be like the nine, or we can be like that one. You know, the nine experienced God's goodness. No doubt they probably lived the rest of their lives benefiting from the goodness of God. Well, people the world over, they can spend their Entire lives benefiting from God's goodness. Sinners benefit from God's goodness every day in so many different ways. But they were ungrateful. They missed out on the best blessing of all. That was God's grace. But gratitude is the thing that allowed this one man to experience God's grace in his life. Listen, we don't want to be like those nine We want to be like that one who was grateful and thankful and came and knelt before the Lord and worshipped Him and found grace. Not only did he experience God's goodness that day, but because of his attitude, he experienced the grace of God. You know, if you're here this morning, you've already experienced God's goodness. If you're here this morning, you've already benefited from the goodness of God, the fact that you were even able to get up and get yourself here, you were healthy enough to do that. No doubt many of you had a good breakfast. You have a place to come to worship the Lord. We're all benefiting from the goodness of God. But don't leave without benefiting from the grace of God. This morning, His grace is available. You know, we want to be like that One grateful man, take some time this morning, fall to your knees and just tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you for who you are. Praise the Lord and honor Him and God will bless you. He will help you. If you're not saved today, offer the Lord that sacrifice of praise. Offer Him your life. Begin there. also tells us in closing... It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
If you have needs this morning, I'm sure we all do. Begin your prayer this morning with praise and thanksgiving and see what God will do for you. The Lord will bless you. He'll open up the windows of heaven. His grace is available today. Let's sing 497 and come and let's thank the Lord today.